from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Screeners Podcast. My name is Chris. This is Chad. I'm Melody. I'm Josh. And I'm Daniel. And we're back again to talk all things media. We're really excited about this episode. But before we get started, I wanted to remind all of you that we live on Facebook. Right, guys? We live there. Yes, um, totally. especially Josh. We li- Josh is always on there. He's commenting. He's liking inappropriate posts. Come on, Josh. Get, that, get it together, man. I got we dark see that. really quickly. <laughs> So anyway, you know what? I was not told there would be an intervention. (laughs) Here's the deal. Screeners, we are very active uh, on there. We're constantly adding new content, uh, links to other news stories throughout the week. uh, And we'd love for you to interact with us there. Uh, We put up our episodes there, and we'd love to hear feedback from you on what you thought, what you liked, what you didn't like, what we might be able to do better, because you can make this show the best it possibly can be. So anyway, we would love to hear from you on Facebook. Go there uh, and and let us know what you think. All right, guys. And now, Jump Cuts. Jump Cuts. Jump For this week's Jump Cuts, we thought there would be no better place to begin than Marvel's latest partnership with Netflix, the fourth series, which is going to eventually bridge us into The Defenders, And this one is Iron Fist. Now, I would say that the first three efforts have been pretty great, from maybe really good to pretty great. Uh, We've had Daredevil, we've had Jessica Jones, we have Luke Cage, and now we have Iron Fist. Unlike those first three series, however, this one was met with some, shall we say, controversial reception from the critics. Early reviews have been, let's just say, less than stellar. So, undeterred here at the screeners by other critics, we decided that we would go ahead and give it a shot so that we could give it a fair shake. We wanted to do something very unmillennial-like and actually see something before we criticized it. Sorry, Daniel. How dare you? With that said, <laughs> uh, I do believe that Daniel and Chris are the and myself are the only uh, screeners that have seen any of these. So we'll just go around really quick, and I'll just open it up and, and ask you guys. I'll start with uh, Daniel. What did you think of the first three series in this? I mean, not, not anything in depth, but what did you think of yeah. that? And then what do you think so far of Iron Fist? I loved all of the Marvel Netflix shows so far, especially... Jessica Jones was pretty good, but especially Daredevil and Luke Cage, I really like those a lot. And guys, it's true. Iron Fist is really bad. It's really bad. Uh, I'm only three episodes in. And so I I had only seen, I didn't know quite how bad, like how bad the critical reception was before I watched it. I had just heard a couple things. I thought it wasn't going to be that that big of a deal, but it's completely true. It's like shockingly bad. It's noticeable. It's just... Every character sucks so bad. Um, <laughs> wow. Seriously, every uh, character sucks. Except so for bad. except for uh, except for Colleen Wing. Uh, she's she's great. Every other character in this show is honestly detestable. Every one of them. The acting is horrible. Oh. The writing is bad. The action of all things, especially after Daredevil and Luke Cage, the action is like a joke. I'm just shocked. I don't understand. I really don't understand how this happened. Again, I'm only three episodes in. Maybe it gets better. I hope it does, uh, but I don't have high hopes. I don't even know what the show's about. I don't. I don't know what the show's about. Uh, I don't know like what we're supposed to want to happen here. And I'm three episodes in. Yeah, it's really bad. The key takeaway from that is that you're going to keep watching it. 
Oh, I'm going to watch every single episode. <laughs> every episode. Undeterred. Wow. That's Undeterred. our Daniel. That's right, Daniel. Yeah. Good for you. I can't right. shake my confidence. Yeah. Well, yeah. Chris, you know, you, you love things a lot. You yeah. and Daniel, you, you're, the, you're our love patrol over there. Love uh, patrol. Love patrol. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just go with that wherever you'd like, okay? You're the, you patrol love. So, Jump on that love patrol. Yeah. Come and on. Same question to you. What did you think of the first yeah. three series? And, uh, and tell us how far you are into Iron Fist and what you think so far. All right, so I love Daredevil. Um, I've seen the, both seasons of Daredevil, and I think they're spectacular and wonderful. Honestly, I've never, I hadn't been able really to get into Jessica Jones or Luke Cage. I tried, but it just, it, it, neither one of them really hooked me. I, I, I keep wanting to go back, but then I don't really feel like it. So I've never really, I haven't finished either one of those series. I started them and I've got about as far into them as I've gotten into iron fist. And I just, so, okay. Explain to me, Daniel, you say it's so bad. How is it? How is it? Uh, what is so bad about it specifically? What, what do you, you feel okay. like? Like, cause I, I, Hold I honestly, on now. before you pull Daniel back into this, Chris, what do you <laughs> think about it? Well, no, because I honestly... It sounds like you're trying to set him up to crush him, is what it sounds like. (laughs) No, so here's the deal. I had not heard... I'd heard nothing about this series other than it being announced. And so when it came out, I just played the first episode and watched it. It it doesn't seem to me... It doesn't seem that terrible. Like, it it seems like another superhero movie, you know, another superhero show on Netflix. I, I don't find it any more... I don't know how do I say it like not uninteresting than Luke Cage or Jessica Jones. It feels both like both of the, this feels like a low level kind of unimportant superhero to me, and it's okay. It's this is what Netflix is doing now. I find the Legion to be infinitely more interesting um, than those those the, these three Netflix series. So Daredevil for me and and Legion right now are kind of leading the way as far as TV superhero shows go. So that's kind of what I, what I thought about it is it just seems okay. But I just now looked up too, just cause I, I hadn't looked at the reviews, but man, people are bashing on this series and I'm just, I want to know exactly, you know, why, you know what I mean? Like I, I want to know specifics as to what is so infuriating. Luke Cage. I have not started yet. So I admit that I just, I had so many other things in front of the queue uh, Jessica Jones, I got all the way through, and I like Jessica Jones. Didn't love it. Daredevil is fantastic. Uh, season one is uh, season two is great as well. See, they're both. I mean, really, really phenomenal. One of the things for me with Iron Fist is it may be the worst written show that I've ever seen. <clears throat> yeah. The dialogue is so bad. I mean, there are there are gems in this one in the first episode where maybe four or five places where they literally say out loud what they want you to know in the most clunky ways. Like he'll walk into the lobby and he'll be like, he'll look around. I used to ride my skateboard here. (laughs) And then, you know, it cuts to the interior of the dojo and the, 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 her students are leaving and she's like, she literally has like 15 or 20 seconds of, Oh, if I don't get some more money and some more students, I'm going to have to close. It's horribly written. Now that said, I actually don't know anything about this character at all. And I am somewhat intrigued. I'm only um, halfway through the second episode. I don't know how far you are in, Chris. But I am somewhat intrigued by the story of what and who this character is. I'm hoping... I I have yet to actually see 
any action per se other than a couple of fist fights in the pilot which were very underwhelming the cheesy yeah. flashbacks the way the way it is so coincidental in the timing of how and things happen and where they happen to the characters it's so it seems lazy i hate to use that word lazy because that seems very cliche but it does yeah. seem super lazy and just like well, this is like college level writing courses where they were like this is just plug and play stuff so i don't for me yeah. that was it's hard for me to get by that yeah no i here's the deal like i i'm i'm agreeing with everything that you're saying not it it just doesn't seem as offensive as it I've, as i feel like it's getting online like everybody's saying what was the, the headline i just looked at yeah netflix and marvel's iron fist is an ill-conceived poorly written disaster that's from Vox. That's their, they give it one uh, and a half dots out of five in their review. And honestly, I just, okay, I guess it's not nearly as bad as anything I've seen on network television, though. You know what I mean? Like I watched whatever else. I, I just, I just, I think maybe it's because they feel like they should be doing better. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't, I don't know what the. What well, maybe the, it's like, because the first three series are yeah, all better. They've they've had four seasons of amazing shows. I disagree. I, I don't. I don't think. Again, like I said before, like I get to about this point in Jessica Jones, Luke oh, Cage, no and way, now man. here, where I'm like, yeah. Jessica Jones I mean, is, is is Casablanca compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay, uh, yeah, I and, guess. and I don't. I don't want to pile on too much, but like, I also don't. I'm, I'm three episodes in. I yeah. don't know what like what does Danny Rand want. Like he's just kind of showed up and he's like, "I'm Danny Rand. Give me stuff." And like I don't know sure. what what the point Daniel, is. Daniel, that was a good that was a really good impersonation. Could you do it one more time? <laughs> uh, no, I won't. I won't Dang do it. that. But and the action, like you said, there hasn't been a ton of like action sequences yet. But the ones that we've had have just been like like you mentioned in the lobby. They had a little fist fight and it was like a joke. It was like really slow moving punches. Like it was just. When we had that freaking, uh, what was that scene in Daredevil? The like the stairwell hallway, scene, yeah. or the hallway, the hallway. Um, I mean, when you have something that level, and then in the same, these are related shows here. You have just this terrible action that we're seeing in Iron Fist. It's like fa- it's very fair to compare the two, um, and this one is just a joke compared to to Daredevil, Luke Cage, and Jessica Jones. So yeah, it's just it's just really uh, really poorly written. I don't I don't like it. Uh, much at all, but I am going to watch every single episode. So I what sense do I a know? disturbance in the force between Chris and Chris Jr. I like this. No, I mean oh. I'm uh, honestly. I know it sounds like I'm defending the show. I'm you probably are. not going to watch. I'm not going to watch any more of it. No, I'm <laughs> stopping. I don't. I don't. I, I'm just. I'm. I'm confused as to why it's getting such a huge backlash online. I don't think it's that great. I don't think. I'm just. I'm not going to watch it. The rest of it, but. Anyway, so I, I agree. I don't um, think it's I gave a, it like a unmitigated disaster, but yeah. I mean, it yeah. works like a, it is a television show. It's competently shot, you know, whatever. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's what and I, mean. I think. I think Boy, you said it's, it's not it's as bad slog. as what's. You said it's not as bad as what's on network TV. I do challenge that. I think you know we talked about in a, in a couple episodes ago about like Powerless on ABC. I think it's equivalent to that. Like, oh I, my gosh, not even, <laughs> dude. 100%. Come on, 100%. come on. All right, kids, back to your room. Back to your room. <laughs> 
All right. Well, that's our thoughts on uh, on Iron Fist. I'm only one and a half episodes in. I'm going to give it a couple more episodes and and see what happens. I can't. Yeah, you guys tell um, me. You guys tell me if it's worth. If yeah. if it gets good at episode five, you let me know. I and will. I will watch it, but I, I think I'm going to I can't commit to Daniel to a full a full season run, especially uh, even as good as all these other series have been. I think 13 episodes is a little too long for these because there's always in the middle. They get a little meandering, but in, the, in either case, we'll report back. But before yeah. we go, uh, we put out a poster image, the first poster image today on our Facebook page and Twitter account from the dark tower it's based on a series of books by stephen king his his magnum opus if you will uh it crosses i believe eight books now there and plus some supplemental material and some short stories it was about and melody might have to correct me here but i want to say it's like 18 or 20 years in the making from the beginning to the end it's a it's a gorgeous poster uh just to start to start with but then beyond that, I mean, they've got some very interesting casting choices that they made that depart from the book a little bit, and we're not going to spoil uh, any of that. But what I do want to do is just get your thoughts on this, specifically about the movie itself and what you think, what it foretells um, related to this property. I don't know if if any of you have read it other than me and Melody, so I'll start with Melody. Melody, what do you think about this first poster, and what are your hopes uh, and dreams for The Dark Tower? <laughs> I have so many hopes and dreams. First of all, all of you need to read it because you really are not should not be allowed to participate in this conversation. Correct. If you have not read it. But Wait, really I'm allowed, allowed to participate? <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. Let's talk Dark Tower. <laughs> about the poster. I mean, obviously, I'm very excited. I'm very excited to see something about this film since it's been promised for a very long time. And then keeps getting delayed and changed and whatever. So, you know, something official is exciting. But I'm trying not to get my hopes up too high. Because people seriously, like, I look at this poster and you guys know I love epic stories, epic sagas. Dark Tower, it's like, for me, Narnia, Middle Earth, Dark Tower. Like, these these are the worlds that I love to live in, right? And for, like, the Lord of the Rings movies and the Narnia movies, when I saw, like, posters or trailers and things like my heart was filled with joy and hope and anticipation for my adventures in these worlds that were going to be created on the screen but when I see this dark tower poster like I feel all of the joy and hope and anticipation but I also literally feel like my heart starts racing and like my ears start ringing because I'm so <laughs> nervous they're gonna Whoa. screw it's it up it's a very effective poster wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> You you have like a it sounds like you are like allergic to that it doesn't you should see a doctor something's wrong with you like this material is so good and I just am, I'm hopeful that this movie will be respectful and wonderful but I'm nervous that it will not be so that, that is fair that is I, absolutely you're hoping fair. that the movie will be respectful and wonderful respect okay like. I, I'm, I don't want to ruin anything, obviously, but like this poster, I mean, I know some things about the movie that I like wish maybe I didn't know. So I don't really know what to comment except to say it's not necessarily what I, I would have anticipated for a Dark Tower movie. But I'm totally willing to give it a chance and I will be there opening night with very much excitement and ringing in my ears. <laughs> so that's what I got. <laughs> Maybe you might need to have a paramedic on standby, Chris, when you guys go into the yeah, theater. That's what I'm, I'm worried. Yeah, I'm concerned. Uh, all right, Josh, let's go to you. We, it, J- Melody and I have tried to get Josh to 
read this series for years. And the thing with Josh, for those of you at home that don't know Josh personally, if you ever want Josh to do anything, he will only ever do this said thing, whatever it may be, read a book, play a video game, etc. If it's not something he wants to do, by endlessly berating him and shaming him... <laughs> And even that doesn't always work. So this is the only reason we're talking about this poster. It's another last-ditch effort on our parts to try and get Josh to read this. So, Josh, what did you think about the poster? <laughs> how? First off, how dare I not cave to your peer pressure? Exactly. How dare I? Exactly. We're trying to it's give you good things in power. your life. <laughs> <laughs> so does this movie cover the whole series? No. Does it cover the first book? No, it covers... First I... two? Or three, or no. Two? Oh, Chad, no I know more than you. It. I know more oh, God. than you. Oh, God. <laughs> 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 no, nothing about this movie. I know more than all of you. Stop. Oh, no, you man. I don't want to know this. Yeah, no, you don't. No, you don't. You're not going to like what it is. <laughs> I'll walk out. I'll walk out. No, 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 no. You will not. Okay, I won't. That's true. All right, sorry, Josh. As, Go ahead. As the saying goes, Abel was I, ere I saw Elba. I'll just let that sink in for a while. <laughs> what? What? Oh, do love me some Hey guys, just, yes? just, just a second. If if you if if you haven't seen the the poster yet, have you guys looked closely at this poster? Yeah, it works I both looked, ways. I looked I closely I at it. I didn't realize that the man in black. Yeah, was, he's up at the top. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, it works both yeah. ways. You can turn it upside down, and it works. Yep. It's, man in black is this cool. is this a Westworld tie-in? What's yes. happening? Yes. <laughs> It's very cool. You can see Matthew McConaughey at the at the top towards you. See, that's what I'm worried about. I'm worried about Matthew McConaughey driving a Lincoln into whatever. He's an Academy Award winning actor, Josh. Come on now. Yeah, Yeah, he was excellent as the Man in Black. Everybody, calm down. Yeah, yeah. I'm not worried about that casting choice. No. Oh, oh. (laughs) I'm just so. Anyway, someone commented on on the Facebook post that it looks like a poster for inception too. And that <laughs> that's what kind of worries me a little bit is that it, it kind of does. It does look like a play on inception, just the way they cast this particular poster for it. But I know nothing about the series. Um, let's see how many months do we have till July? Time to read enough, uh, Josh, enough, four months till this movie comes out and Melody won't tell me how many books it covers. So I'm out. Great. Oh, Thank boy. you, Josh. If you're, if you're going to fully appreciate this movie, you need to read every book. See, that's the thing. What? I don't have time between now and then. I would start, but... Oh. Oh, it's I, want to, to you. I want to end this conversation. <laughs> so, number one, late you two, you shut up. I'm, number one, I'm already mad, and I don't even want to <laughs> Chris, Daniel, do you have any thoughts about the poster before I vomit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I've never read the books, and I'm just not going what to. What is your excuse, Daniel? Uh, I just don't care enough. He doesn't read. Uh, <laughs> I don't He's read. trying that's, to be presidential. That's Shameful. completely true. So, <laughs> yeah, but uh, I will say the poster <laughs> the poster did a great job of making me uh, excited for this movie that I previously didn't really have any feelings towards, because it's a really cool poster. Yeah, so, yeah it is. Uh, so I'm in. Josh is out, but I'm in. Uh, but I'm not going to read the books. So okay. there you are. If I like the movie enough, maybe I might maybe one day eventually read a book. See, I'm, I'm the other way. If I, <laughs> if I don't read, read the books book. first, I know the books are going to be, when they're books of this caliber, they're going to be much better than the movie. So I would rather 
experience so, them that way first. So here's what I think you guys are missing is is that I don't think anybody's going to have to read the books. Um, so I, Farrell, I'm excited. You have absolutely that. no idea what you're I'm talking excited. about. You're not even been allowed because, in this conversation whoa, anymore. Whoa. Stop talking. Guys, uh, Chris, you better watch yourself because our friendship is at stake here. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, I love this so much. You guys are guys, so I'm passionate. Scared. I'm my really, ears are I, a lot. No, here's the deal. I think that <laughs> Stephen King, Stephen King sent out an image, and I was like, "Hey, Melody, Chris. what is this?" Oh, and Melody it. goes, "What is that?" And I was like, "What does that mean?" And Melody was like, "Here's what this thing is." And I was like, "Oh!" And then I read the article about what the theory is of what's happening, and it sounds very what's interesting to me as someone who has, who, who knows very little about the story other than what my wife has told me about it. Um, and how they are adapting that story, it sounds incredible and unlike anything that's ever been done before. So I'm actually quite excited about what they're doing, and I can't wait to see this movie. Good, okay. I think that's it's the most vague description actually, of anything that's happening. Actually, it's very similar to something that's been done before. I need it's people to very... stop talking right now. I am in charge of this segment, and I'm going to demand that there be no more talking from anyone that's not named me. So, <laughs> right. if, any, sorry, if any of our listeners want to discuss yeah. what we may or may not know about this film and not include don't chat in the discussion, page because don't Chad put will. it on Facebook. No, I'll shut it down, folks. I'll burn it down to the ground. <laughs> Message me. I'll tell yes. you what I know. All right, that's fair. There you go. So, oh boy. let me just say this, people. I had a, a, a series of books that I read, a beloved series of fantasy, epicness, something that I loved very much. I went to the theater with my friend Josh, and we saw Aragon. <laughs> and it was a... <laughs> and it, it, broke, it broke my heart in a place that I, can never be repaired. So I feel like in some way I have begun to prepare myself for this because the Dark Tower compared to the Aragon series... This is my favorite fiction series that I've ever read, hands down, not even close. And I was with it from the beginning, so it's been a part of my life since I was a teenager. And oh, so man. it is my favorite fiction book of all time is the fourth book, Wizard in Glass. It is beautiful. It is epic sweeping. It's magnificently written. It's everything cinematic. It's, it's, I, I cannot say enough good things about this series. So I have actually dreaded hate this movie. any kind of adaptation. Yeah, that's I, I know. Well, I've dreaded any kind of adaptation that wasn't. For me, I think this is four movies. You know, you could do the first two movie, first two books, maybe three books as one movie, and then you have to slow it down from there. I have no idea what they're going to do. I'm sure it's <laughs> not that. And so nope. I'm. Tr that's why I led with Aragon is to say I walk into this a wiser man understanding <laughs> that my heart is going your to be life, broken. Your life experiences. And, exactly. You. I can have no more anticipation other than I will be there very sad before I even start the movie and whatever happens yeah. happens. And then we'll talk about it. But this poster is cool. So it, it, is. it looks it's great. Cool. It looks great. It's hopeful. So anyway, Look, so that is what it Aragon, is. Aragon is a treasured memory. It is. And I will not have you, Whatever you're doing right now. It's a treasured memory like 15 years after the fact. There was no treasuring going on when we walked out of the theater. None. Maybe maybe a little bit later we laughed, wait, but it was wait, sad. Yeah, we were, we were laughing a little bit. It was particularly sad because this is another example where I had to berate Josh and actually buy a copy of the book for him and give it to him as a gift to shame him to reading books. it. And in, wait, then, that worked? 
That, Are you that saying one if time. we buy him the Dark Tower, he'll <laughs> no, read it? No, probably not. <laughs> we hope you've Man. enjoyed our very brief discussion of <laughs> the uh, the Dark Tower. All, all of this Great. from a poster. And Iron Fist. <laughs> and uh, this is why you listen to the screeners, folks. The jump cuts, the behind the scenes, how the sausage is made, etc. So, with that, we will move on to our main event. Welcome to the main event. All right, guys, for our main event today, we are reviewing... Beauty and the Beast. My dear Belle, you're so ahead of your time. This is a small village. You are the most gorgeous thing I've ever seen. Nobody deserves you. And it's small-minded as well. But small also means safe. If she is the one who'll break the spell, you must finally learn to love. Have you really read every one of these books? <gasps> Some of them are in Greek. The IMDb description of this film says, an adaptation of the Disney fairy tale about the monstrous looking prince and a young woman who fall in love. I didn't realize this was a Disney fairy tale. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Anywho. Yes. So Beauty and the Beast, you guys, it's finally out. We've been excited or some of us have been excited. I've been excited anyway to see this film, to see this live action remake of Beauty and the Beast. One of my very favorite childhood movies. So I'm very excited to see what you all have thought of this film. So I have I have stories to tell of my own viewing experience, but I suppose I'll save them for the end and hope that Chris doesn't take them all. So nope. we will start with uh, Chad. What did you think of Beauty and the Beast? Well, I actually quite enjoyed it until the gaze. <laughs> <laughs> After that, I set them out. No, nope. that was pretty early on. Too conservative. Oh, that's it. All right, we're done. Is that too red, right. red state? <laughs> let's, let's wrap it up. Oh, I'm down let's with that. I agree. <laughs> All right. My wife, when the first trailer for this broke, she she goes to several movies a year, but she's not as big, obviously, into movies as I am, and so very often I see movies without her. But literally, within an hour of this trailer being released, she sent me a text message that said, put this on your calendar, you're taking me to see this on opening night. So this has been on our calendar for quite some time. I love the original. And so I went into this one somewhat excited, I guess you would say. I enjoyed the Jungle Book remake. Um, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, I was interested to see how they were gonna try and pull this off. And I think for the most part they did. So for me, let me just, I'll just give a very brief kind of overview of my opinion. I think it's still delightful. It, there's a reason that the tale is old as time. It's, it's a very classic kind of story that has been modified and adapted into different variations throughout the ages. And so there's a certain resonance there with things that are about falling in love and overcoming differences, et cetera, et cetera. And I think... I think it's really, I like the fact that they did some things different. I like the new music. But overall, to me, it feels very, very similar to the first one. Not, I don't mean that as a negative thing. I think, uh, I think Emma Watson did a good job. I think the CGI is pretty great. 
uh, especially with some of the characters that are a part of the palace. It, they look, for me, I thought they looked uh, pretty good. It was a, better than pretty good. Actually, really good in some cases. The performances were nice. And at the end, you get that same swell of emotion. It just felt very classical to me. There's been some controversy around um, some of the changes that were made, some of the way that the characters were portrayed. But overall, none of that bothered me. I just thought it was delightful is the word that keeps coming to mind. Now, I also think for me it's also kind of disposable. And maybe that's just because it didn't feel new enough for me to like make this the de facto my child needs to see this version as opposed to the 1991 version. But overall, I have to give it a thumbs up, and and I'd say that I actually did enjoy it very much. So, yeah, there you go. All right. A, a thumbs up from Chad. Not super enthusiastic, but we'll take it. All right. So let's see. Daniel, did you watch Beauty and the Beast as a child, or were you, like, too old? I mean, too young to appreciate <laughs> Uh, well, I was negative one years old when it came out. Oh my gosh. Uh, That's amazing. But that means I've lived my entire life with Beauty and the Beast in it. So I've watched all of the 90s, you know, Disney animated movies throughout my whole life. So so I've grown up watching this movie over and over. So I love it. I love it. I think it's a great movie. I I wanted to bring something up. So so I got on TimeHop today. Do you guys use TimeHop? You can see what you Mm -hmm. posted on social media, you know? So two years ago today... I saw Disney's live-action Cinderella remake. Yes! And here was my exact post on Facebook. I wanted to read it. Cinderella was a cute, simple film. Good adaptation of the original animated movie. Nice message and happily traditional. And I bring that up because those are my exact thoughts about Beauty and the Beast. Uh, It's perfectly fine. It is. It's cute. It's simple. And it's just an exact adaptation of the, the original animated musical and nothing more. And, you know, that's okay. Uh, but I loved Chad's ad- adjective that he just used, disposable. That's what this is. It's, I, I, have no, I have nothing truly negative to say about it. I just, I'm completely unaffected by this movie in any way, good or, good or bad. It was just... It added nothing to my life, and I'll probably never watch it again. Uh, <laughs> it keeps getting worse the longer it goes, I you, Daniel. <laughs> I give you no points, so, and we are worse off. <laughs> so I like certain things about it. Uh, obviously, uh, Gaston and LeFou were incredible. They were hilarious. I loved uh, pretty much everything that they did throughout the movie. They were great. So other than that, you know, I thought, I thought Emma Watson was a great choice. Uh, I thought she did really good. Most of the cast as well. I, I had no real complaints about any of the cast. I thought uh, the effects were good. I didn't like the effects as much as you did, Chad. Um, I think the Beast was kind of only okay. I didn't really love the way he looked. Um, and anytime time Belle touched him, like her real human hand touching his CGI fur looked awful. I thought it was terrible. Um, but the rest of, you know, the, rest of the, the effects were pretty good. Overall, it's a perfectly fine movie. I have nothing hugely negative to say about it. It's just, it's fine. It's great for the demographic that they're trying to reach, and that demographic is not me. I'll just say that. Great for families, great for, you know, young girls. Um, I think they'll love it. It's right up their alley, and uh, I just, uh, I don't, it doesn't work for me, but, you know, it's perfectly fine. So there you go. Mm. All right. I'm not sure if that was a thumbs up or not. Perfectly fine. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Chris, Josh don't take all right my there. material, but tell us what you thought. Chris Farrell, go. 
Okay, so, you know, honestly, I'm not nearly as, I feel like, negative uh, as negative Nancy Daniel over there, or it, it, it was it was good. It was a really, well, it was a beautiful movie. Everything was wonderful. Uh, the thing, though, that I have to say is, is that if you're going to remake something, anything, it needs to elevate the material or be seen through a different lens. Yes. Uh, and you and, and you see that and you're like, oh, that's why it exists. That's why they've done it. Um, and I don't feel like this particular version of Beauty and the Beast really justifies its existence, well um, unfortunately. I think $170 um, million dollar weekend justifies its existence. <laughs> well, I think that's, <laughs> that, that's, on brand, that's on brand alone, though. I mean, that's the reason why they did it. They knew this was going to be a big hit. And in fact, an interesting point, there were several trailers that were made just to go in front of this movie because they knew it was going to be such a big hit. Oh, yeah. The new Transformers um, trailer that was before this film, um, it featured a, a young girl speaking directly to the camera camera directly yeah. to the audience yep. just to just to piggyback on this um and and to amp the uh female power uh they knew they were going to have a large group there to see this movie this is not a a, a wild bet at all this is something disney knew they were going to make bank on fine I, I, it, it it does a great job at what it does i just don't feel like they did anything so exceptionally new that I sat there in the theater and thought, oh yeah, all right, sweet. I understand now why the director wanted to do this. I see this. This is more of a beat to beat almost remake. And then also um, justification. They just insert little justifications to make it more real, which is really strange to me. I wish they would have just stayed cartoony, but instead they wanted to insert these kind of like, um, you know, in the real world, maybe this is the reason why. And they tried to explain stuff in the original story that just fell flat for me and didn't really work all that well. The thing, though, for me, not only do you have to, I feel like, do something different than the original if you're going to adapt something or remake something, you also need to do a good job at it. And I don't feel like the singing is as good or better than the original um, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think in a musical, um, the singing needs to be really great. And, you know, obviously Melody and Chad, you guys can speak to this better than I can. But for me, I just, I didn't feel like, um, it was up to par, uh, in my opinion. And that's unfortunate in, 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 in a, in a musical where these songs are so iconic. Um, I don't think I'd ever choose to listen to, any of the songs on this soundtrack as opposed to the one in the original uh, cartoon. And so that's saying something, I think. Uh, if, if, if they can't redo it in such a way that I feel like, oh, that brings something fresh and something new, uh, and they don't do it as good or better, then I don't know that I'm, it's really all that important. So for me, like it was definitely a disappointment. I enjoyed seeing it because I was with my kids, um, and they loved it. They thought it was a wonderful uh, movie, but honestly, they haven't really. Melody, have they even mentioned it since we've seen it? Do they, have they I'm, even said anything? About it? Yeah, sure. A couple times. Brenna wanted, okay. Brenna wanted to listen to the music that night. That's true. The old but music. The old music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Okay, so but but you know, my point is, is I just don't feel like it was necessary. I guess uh, it was fine. It was great. It was beautiful. It was well made, but not necessary. So that's kind of my my general thought. 
the three of you have started off saying you quite liked it, and then <laughs> it sounded like you haven't <laughs> really didn't like out. it. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah. I appreciate your positivity. Uh, okay, Josh. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're I'm, welcome. I'm sure that Josh will have have the happiest thoughts to share. Did you see it, Josh? By the way. I did. I saw it. I saw it for all of you and for all of our listeners Aww, out nice. there in podcast Two land. hours and nine minutes of Beauty and the Beast just for us. That's Thank right. you, Josh. Did you take your daughter? Don't don't say I never did anything. My daughter is almost yeah. three years old. She can't sit through a movie yet. Okay. I just didn't know. I wasn't sure if you... Someday. Right. Tell tell us what you thought of the magic. Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Got to center myself here. The so, magic. Yeah. The magic is, is overcoming me. So you might want to make sure you're sitting down for this first part. So just everyone take a seat. But... Beauty and the Beast was my absolute favorite Disney movie as a kid. Oh, I loved it. Maybe it was because Belle loved books. Maybe it was because that was the only Disney movie I owned on VHS. (laughs) Or you related personality-wise to the Beast. Shut up. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't mean. I'm just sorry. I'm just. There's a little bit of that, maybe. But so either way, laugh all you want. I love those songs, and I love that movie. And my wife has since ruined it for me with a more feminist reading of the story, but I'm keeping my love for it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Turns out that story is not as good as we thought it was. <laughs> Someone stop the madness. <laughs> so for the for the live action version, I went into it. No, you know what? I'm not even gonna say that. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it. I, I don't wanna say they desecrated my childhood memories. <laughs> but wow. <laughs> <laughs> But this remake was just so completely and utterly unnecessary that I hardly know where to start with it. Just yeah. for, Okay, so first off, you literally can't make a live-action version of Beauty and the Beast that is not a play. Because if you're on stage, you get forgiven for the candlestick being human-sized because you have to have a person there. But on screen, you have to make it CGI. So you're left with this hybrid CGI nightmare and... <laughs> That's exactly what this was. The The characters themselves were good, but just like Daniel was saying, um, when the characters interacted, the CGI ended up feeling cheap. It wasn't blended well. The shots where um, Belle was walking with Lumiere and Cogsworth across the castle was terrible green screening. That The Provincial Life song that ended in the Sound of Music field for no reason, that looked <laughs> terrible. And the Be Our Guest number lasted like i think that was actually 25 minutes of the movie that was where the extra <laughs> half hour came in yeah. they but if, you're added, gonna, if, if you're gonna add 25 minutes though i mean come on be Josh, guess. come on That's guys Josh's anti-hospitality right? come That's on where you want to be <laughs> no no that, that song was great in yeah. 1991 before it they was, made it 10 it minutes was long. it was pretty great here though i mean i come on that was did it get tedious after a while for you, I agree, Josh. Like it's just built and built yeah. and built and built. Yeah. And Chris, you didn't right. like this movie. Let this man have his hate. <laughs> I didn't say I didn't like this movie. You pretty much did. You right. you said it without saying it. I did. You I said did. you liked the movie, and then you told us why you didn't like it. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's so hard to go against the Disney machine. I feel like I'm I'm breaking some rule. But you're right. I That's didn't true. Like it. And like you said, the the whole justifying the existence of a remake. Yeah. They they tried and they failed. Like they tried to tie in the enchantress. Yeah. But they did that in a way that made the story noticeably implausible, even within a fairy tale world. 
like that. You got to try hard to do that, don't you? That's, that's <laughs> true. I was shocked at how they pulled that off. Yeah. But like, do you know what I mean? Like if she cursed the whole castle there for, for being bad people, why yeah. are the villagers still walking around? Yeah. Like, you know, yep, so yep. they cut at least one of my favorite songs. The songs they added aren't good. I know Alan Menken wrote them, but it was 25 years ago when he did the last ones and the last ones were good and these aren't good. Wait, what songs do they cut? They cut. So it wasn't a full song. But they cut the. Uh, you want me to do it for you? I'll do it for yes, you. Yes, please. Do it. do it, ladies and gentlemen. So, Josh Ziegler. In the middle of LeFou's um, praise of Gaston, Gaston breaks in and he's he's plotting about how to uh, how he's going to win Bell over. And so the the it's kind of a bridge really for that song, but it's LeFou. I'm afraid I've been thinking. Yes. A dangerous pastime. I know. That's right. That crazy old coot is Bell's father. And his sanity is only so-so. But that's the best. Guess Bravo. Best Bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Wait a minute. This is incredible to me. I, I, I'm, <laughs> it's like you're opening a little bit of your heart to us. We had Josh, Josh singing Beauty and the Beast <laughs> on a podcast. I might it's have welled up a little bit. I might have welled up. It's dusty in here. I might have watched that entire first um, This Provincial Life song welling up, and then it faded very quickly. I was like, oh, my childhood. Oh, you're ripping it away from me. No, I want it. Oh, that was my only happy memory. <laughs> oh, man. Your only happy memory was the songs oh, you found in that worn VHS tape that you watched over and over, trembling in the corner. This episode has been really dark so far. It's strange. <laughs> it is strange. talking about Beauty and the Beast. No, so just, just one more diatribe. It's, it's only a paragraph long, I promise. The whole gay controversy, because we have to talk about it. We've mentioned it a little, but we have to talk about it. Are we going to talk and about it here or in spoilers? Because I, I do want to talk. Are we about, spoiling Beauty and the Beast? Yeah, I don't know that we need spoilers unless. Okay, good. All right, or, or we can just say spoilers from here from this point forward. There you go. So the whole gay controversy thing. Yes. I just want to say that I'm insulted on behalf of gay people everywhere. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I saw Disney on the record making a thing of this, making yeah. a thing that that they were proud of LeFou being their first openly gay yeah. character. Yeah. And saying That's that embarrassing. is... embarrassing. Yeah. It, it, yep. It's so embarrassing. It's like a studio being proud of having their first character over 65, and then it turns out that every scene with that character in it involves them losing their glasses or forgetting yeah. why they walked into a room. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yep. Yeah, he, it's just oh he's he's just he's more effeminate than he was in in the in the original cartoon and yeah, you're right. It's a caricature. Like in a cartoon, a caricature you got that's that's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. And while we're at it, he's also the only male character who's openly illiterate. So now he's not only a gay stereotype, he's also explicitly uneducated. Great job on the yeah. whole project progressive agenda there. But, but I wonder so here's my deal. I want, here's my question is, is if they would have not like done a whole like press release and like talked about that, would what what would we have thought of that? Do, would Literally we think- nothing. No, exactly. I, yeah. No, I see. I'm going to push back on that a little bit. Really? Because I do you think, think so? for me personally, in the in the Gaston scene, yeah. he is really over the top. I think offensively so. I think Josh is right in the way that the way that he is played. But to me, it was it was pretty clear that he was playing the character to that degree. And so I would have certainly noticed that. 
I don't know. I <clears throat> right, but they don't, don't need know. to like claim it as a feather in their oh, of liberal not. cap. Whatever. No, I agree, but I but I don't. I've I've heard some people also say that if they had not agreeing with the point that if they just hadn't said anything, no one would have noticed. And I don't think that's true. I don't no, no, no. I'm true. not saying no one would have noticed. I'm telling you. I'm obviously he's playing it effeminate, but I don't think I would have come out of there thinking, oh, gay uh, Disney snuck in a gay character. I would have been like, wow, they just really well, amped him up. And we we wouldn't ahead. even be talking about it. There's nothing. Right. To, I mean, that's a lot of people would have. We would have sure. ignored it. A lot of people would have. Would that's have what I'm saying. Pride crazy. Thank you, Josh. What I'm saying is I we would have ignored it. That that's my that's my point. And I think when you when you put a spotlight on it like you're saying, Josh, then you then you start seeing it through that lens and you think, "Oh, wait a minute, is that is is that what they is that the foot they want to put forward on this? Like this is this is where they want to go with it?" Oh, uh, oh yeah. Wait, am I weighing in on the Yeah, you haven't told us what you think. You got to weigh in on everything. I I, I was giving Josh my verbal uh, affirmations. I completely agree with Josh's assessment of it. I don't agree that we wouldn't have noticed it at all because it is strangely over the top in an offensive way, but not it's offensive towards gay people. And so it was strange and unnecessary. But in any case, I will share my overall thoughts about this film. Now, I've been taking some notes on you all's wording about how, how you liked it. And then we had Disposable from Chad it brought nothing good into my life from Daniel. It was a disappointment from Chris, and it was a desecration from Josh. <laughs> so clearly we are not very positive about Beauty and the Beast on Screeners Podcast. And I would love to be the happy heart of a woman that comes on here and tells you all that you're wrong and that this really is the magical you know, movie that everyone on Facebook says it is and that I cried with happy tears the whole way through. But unfortunately, I have to agree with all these assessments. Um, I did not cry at all. I didn't even well up. I was hoping for some welling, but it didn't happen for me. Um, for all the reasons that you've said, uh, I didn't. I there was nothing new. And if I hadn't been in there with my kids, if it, if it had just been me and Chris watching it, I would have probably just been bored, honestly, because I've seen this done better already, and it's in my heart with great happiness and fond memories wasn't my only happy memory but it was definitely one of my favorites as a child so i would have been bored however seeing it with my kids like that was the bright spot and why i enjoyed the the cinematic experience and i do have to just say my best memory of of watching the movie when Belle comes out after getting the the gold from the ceiling put onto her dress and she comes out to the stairway and she's gonna go down for the dance my youngest kayla literally starts slow clapping in the theater. She's slow Aww. clapping as Bella's walking down the <laughs> stairs. And it, like, she just kept doing it. It was so magical and sweet. So for that moment and other moments like that, she clapped at the end of the movie too. Like, yeah. that was sweet. And so I, I, I enjoyed it for that and I enjoyed it for them. But for all the reasons that you guys have said, it's it's forgettable. I don't anticipate that I, I will watch it again. And I don't think it, I don't think for them it will be the one that stands in their memory as like Disney's Beauty and the Beast either. I think I think the animated one has already made its way into their hearts. So we're safe people. My children are safe. Thank goodness. <laughs> wow. I think I may be the most positive among us. I can't I had no wow. idea that that would happen. Because <laughs> <laughs> I really did like it. I thought Emma Watson's singing was actually fine. I was I agree. I was surprised. I thought it now, was her voice fine. is a little weak. It was fine. She doesn't have any power, but but it's pretty. So overall, I liked it. I mean, I did like it. I, I agree that I'm going to show Cole the cartoon, but but I liked it. I, I, 
I'm not like Daniel or, and Josh. I don't think it desecrated my childhood, but um, I no. never said that. But uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm no, pretty I'm sure Daniel said it desecrated like your it. childhood, Chad. I think that's what he said. <laughs> did. did. Even though you didn't see, even though you were an old man when this movie came yeah, out, yeah. Even though he was negative one and I was already driving, so whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh uh, alright so do we have anything else to say or can we get over our final see it or don't see it assessments here yeah you, we can. Right. I think we can move on alright yeah. so <laughs> let's go around and, and tell the fine listeners if they have not already seen this film should they go see it and should they see it in the theater uh, so Chad what say you well this movie worldwide after one weekend has made 357 million dollars it's astronomical after just Oof. one weekend. And so I think most of the of the peoples are going to see it. I'm actually going to say that this would work just as well as a rental as it would in the theater. So I don't think I don't think there's any special magic to the theater except for the fact that my theater was mostly, if not completely full, there were lots of kids in there and hearing the reactions of, of kids that are seeing this for the first time is a delightful experience so other than that i would say you can uh, you can rent this all right uh daniel what about you if you are a small child or the parent of a small child uh, <laughs> and you're listening to this podcast and you're listening to this podcast why first of all but second of all uh, <laughs> uh you should definitely go see this movie if you fit into that category if not rent it if you must if you're curious uh but otherwise you know just go go rent the animated movie and you'll be better off all right wow (laughs) we really didn't Mm -hmm. like this movie okay (laughs) chris what about you (laughs) if you have a kid and yeah you're looking for a film to go see like melody said to have your daughter slow clap in the middle of this movie that's kind of special so if, if you've got a family um, and you were looking for something to take them to to the theater. This you, you're not gonna you're gonna enjoy this. You're gonna have a great time. Disney does a wonderful job. It is definitely well made. There's no doubt that it is a a, a wonderful family film. Even if you miss it in theaters, seeing it on video uh, on demand will be just fine. Um, it, it's not like a necessary. You have to go see this if you're a grown couple or you know whatever. You're a grown up. It's not something you have to go to the theater and see right now because it's somehow um, enriched uh, this story. So skip it in the theater, see it at home, or if you've got a family, take them to see it. And uh, I, I think you'll uh, you'll come away thinking, yeah, that was good. That was good. All right, Josh. Watch the cartoon. It's a better movie. Yeah, well, don't certain. encourage Disney to pillage their back catalog just because they're short on good ideas. I mean, but, I'm pretty sure they're pretty encouraged. Yeah, the Lion King is coming. Yeah, Lion King is coming. Yes, a live action CGI animated Lion King. Don't, Why? It's, it's live Why? action. No, it's Stop live the madness action. right now. <laughs> Can we not review that one? Can we not have to see it? That'd be great. It's gonna make seventeen bajillion dollars. <laughs> it yes, will. So I think it will. You have to. All right. Well, I I am I agree with you guys. If you have kids, definitely go see it. You'll have a fun time. Otherwise, it's totally an on-demand viewing. That's it for Beauty and the Beast, guys. Let's go to our top three. Three, two, one. The top three. All right, everyone. It's time for another top three. This week, 
you know what, guys? This week, this has been a really down episode. We have been negative about every single thing we've talked about so far. Even Dark Tower, which I was ready to praise for its poster. But So now, for our top three, let's praise some things for a little bit, okay? So we are going to be talking about our top three musical movies. There are no rules to what that means. You can interpret that however you choose. Let's go to Josh. Josh, I, I think I ask you this every time. Have you seen three musical movies? Uh, turns out I have, but just barely. Great. Great. So what is your number three musical movie? Beauty and the Beast, the original cartoon movie. <laughs> oh, good yeah. for you, Josh. Uh, I, I, I thought you were going to say the live action one at first. Because so, uh. <laughs> you've only seen three. Days <laughs> in the Sun. Whatever that stupid song was. Go on. All right, Melody. <laughs> I, I I know you're a big fan of this genre. Am, genre, am I right? I uh, am a big fan. I have seen right. a lot of musicals. Yes. All right. So tell us your number three. Guys, this is a really hard decision. I feel like I've been in consternation about it all day. Because whatever I say for my number three, I have a long list of ones that are not going to be in my top three. And it's sad. <sighs> all right. Okay. I'm going to do it. My number three. Uh... Chris, call the doctor. <laughs> She's deciding right now. Yeah, I, I oh feel God, like because I have to lock it in. I'm yep, gonna her call ears it are ringing. And Oklahoma. Gonna be... I'm gonna say Oklahoma. Rogers and Hammerstein has to be in my top three. So there you go. It's Oklahoma. Oklahoma. All right. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. It it's just Oklahoma. It. it was in Oklahoma five seconds ago. Okay, Chris, are you having an easier time with your list? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think so. So. I was never a big fan of musicals growing up. In fact, I don't think I really watched any musical except for like the wizard of Oz, which is my dad's favorite movie of all time, I think. Um, and I don't even, I guess wizard of Oz is a musical. I guess that's the case of course, but I just, I just haven't, you know, I hadn't seen a lot of them growing up and so I'm not very familiar. So my back catalog of musicals is very small, And really what opened my eyes to the fact that I might enjoy musicals was in college, a movie came out, uh, and um, I think Josh, Melly, and I went to go see this film together at the Cheap Theater there Mm -hmm. in Cleveland, Tennessee, Um, and we saw Chicago, and that movie blew my mind because it used music in a way that told the story and and moved it forward without it feeling like people suddenly uh, just broke into song and dance. And so for me, Chicago really was an incredible experience for me and changed how I viewed musicals and also what musicals could be. So for me, number three, Chicago. All right. A best picture winner. Nice. Solid pick. Yep. All right. It is. All right, Chad, you're up. What's your number three? musical movie well this was extremely difficult for me to try and figure this out until i gave myself kind of some guidelines and that major guideline was there are so many wonderful stage musicals that were made into movies that i had to decide essentially that i wanted to eliminate those from contention and just try to pick movie musicals does that make sense so uh, like what? A, yeah, I tried. original, <laughs> original. I did because it was it was becoming extremely difficult uh, for me difficult. to try and figure it out. So, so that's the way that I, that's the direction that I went, which is why my number three is probably surprising to some. But I still, I know this this film has a lot of people that do not like it. I still contend that it's 
extremely underrated as a musical. The singing is really inventive in the way that they created the songs. And the performances of said songs are immaculately sung, and it's visually awesome. And that is Moulin Rouge, and I'm not afraid to say it. Oh, okay. Not afraid. Not afraid. So there you go. Come what may. Number three. That movie is not good. That movie's great. I support that pick. It paved the way for Chicago. It's great. Come on. It paved the way for a lot, actually. It's great. It did. It stands up. Good movie. I love it. All right. So for my top three, uh, the reason I said musical movies instead of movie musicals is that uh like chris i don't have a huge back catalog of i I haven't watched that many musicals like the classics so but i i I do love movies that use music a lot through it that that might you might not consider them a musical but they're music driven films so whether that's a cheat or not whatever there are no rules so here we go but at my number three it it actually is a musical but i'm fully prepared for the reaction i'm about to get (laughs) it's la la land Oh my god! Uh, Actually, I'm shocked that's not your number one. So, Daniel, you shouted us down the last three weeks about how La La Land was one of the greatest movies ever made. How is it number three? Yeah, Uh, exactly. Because two of my favorite films of all time are also music driven. So, I thought it was gonna. I thought you were gonna say it's because it's not really a musical. I'm sorry. Please continue. I I, I thought you were gonna say because number two is La La Land and number one is La La Land. (laughs) That's what I thought you were. I considered that. (laughs) I considered that. Yes, it should always be La La Land. It should always always be La La Land. Land. Yes, you need to put that on your tombstone, Daniel. Seriously. Uh, all right, so we'll b- go back to Josh. Josh, what is your number two musical movie? Number two. Well, this is tough because, oh, I'm just, it's Chicago. <laughs> like okay. Chris's number three. Yeah. I'm interested to see what beat out Chicago for Chris's number one and two spots. It's a great musical. I also forgot the, that we saw it in the cheap theater. So that was a nice. It was, yeah, it, that was a wonderful. I just, I remember that moment and thinking, yeah, this is, I'm going to remember this for the rest of my life. <laughs> Wait, like which, which cheap theater was it? It feels the one in Cleveland. I wouldn't want to remember that for the rest of my life. It, yeah, no, you're right. You probably should forget the details. Yes. <laughs> Best for all of us. <laughs> all right, Melody, are you prepared to give us your number two pick? <laughs> I am prepared because my number one and two are very easy. They came to me very simply. The, it was the number three that was giving me great pain and agony. And I'm still, I'm, I'm already unsettled about my choice. But nevertheless, I am Okay, well, I'm not going to comment on my number one yet. My number two is My Fair Lady, one of the best musicals okay. of all time. It is yeah. great. No great doubt choice. about it. Yeah, Awesome. All right, Chris, your number two pick. So Josh had his uh, experience with Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast was never one of my favorite Disney films growing up, but one of my favorite films around that era, and one that I absolutely love and I think is ripe to be remade into an amazing live action film kind of maybe except for one (laughs) major part that that's going to be difficult to recast um but for me aladdin i love aladdin i think it's a near perfect film uh i really enjoy the story i think it would be fantastic and great but anyway so for me aladdin is number two you know who's directing the uh disney remake of aladdin are they actually remaking it? They, they really are. Announced? And they have no. a director. Who? Guy Ritchie. <laughs> what? Are you kidding? <laughs> Seriously? I, I laugh. Of course. You're I, lying. I laugh maniacally, I and Chris is like, ooh, really? 
Yeah, that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's so weird. I, I don't know if I'm excited for that or not. I, I, I don't, don't know how I can be excited not. for that. Yeah. No, I very much. Yeah. No, I know why it could it could be good. Sounds could fantastic. Be good. So no, listen, here's the, here's the only problem, though, for me, though, is I'm so attached to Robin Williams as being right. a genie yep. that I have no idea how a remake would work just because yep. that he made that movie. I mean, he really did. So I, I don't know. We'll yep. see. Yeah. Weird. All right, Chad. Chad, your number two pick. My number two and one were both easy for me. Uh, number two has one of my favorite songs of all time, especially in cinematic songs. And. And I've probably seen this movie, I don't know, a hundred times or more uh, as a child growing up. And that is Mary Poppins. Feed the birds, toppins a bag. Toppins, toppins, toppins a bag. Feed the birds, that's what she cries. While Yep. I absolutely adore this movie. Feed the Birds is one of my top three favorite uh, movie songs. It's gorgeous and poignant, and I love it. I love it. So uh, Mary Poppins, for me, is great. I don't know how I feel about the remake that they're doing, uh, because this one is this is one of those scenarios where it's live action, and it is absolutely perfect. So I'll, all they can do is mess it up, but we'll see. But for me, it was it was an easy pick, Mary Poppins. All right. And uh, for my number two pick, like I said, my, my number one and two are both in my top ten films of all time. Uh, I love these movies. And and neither one of these two is an actual musical, but uh, they're just musical-driven movies. So uh, for number two, it's a really beautiful movie that kind of, feels really raw and kind of uh, kind of handmade, it feels like. Um, and it's, it's Once. I yeah. love that movie <laughs> so much. You are correct. That's a musical. That's a great, yeah, that great movie. Yeah, so some people get iffy if you call that a musical, but no, uh, it is. Well, they don't know what they're talking. <laughs> it is certainly in a music. It's a musical, and it is wonderful. Yeah, falling yes. slowly is is yeah. a very special song to Laura and I. It was we had. It's yeah, it's great. We love it. What what wait? Uh oh, we had Ooh. on a Friday Stop. night. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, people listen to that song. It's not that kind of song. Get your heads out of the gutter. All right, so Josh, what is your number one musical movie? Okay. So number one, it's in a way it's tough for me to say this because I fell in love with this on Broadway and the movie wasn't didn't quite live up to the experience I had on Broadway. Oh, don't say it. But I still have to give it to the movie (laughs) because I love the Broadway play so much. Uh. And that is Rent. Sorry, Melody. I'm sorry. Wow. Oh, you thought he was going a different direction. I did. Okay, Melody. You I, thought he was going That doesn't hurt me as much as I thought it was going to hurt. Yeah. You just, oh, you thought, gonna, you thought I was going to say Les Mis. She That's did. Cute. She did. Yeah. <laughs> that makes me less pained. No. No. I Les love Les Mis, but I could not could not give. Josh, did, did we see that on Broadway together for the first time? Was it? We did. That okay. was my first New York. Play. That was me, you, Dragged and Alex. Suit. And yeah. it was fantastic. It was and Alex great. fell asleep. Yep, he did fall asleep. That's <laughs> wow. right. Really? 
I've never seen Rent, so uh, maybe I'll check it out. Uh, Melody, your number one musical movie. Well, I would like to commend you all for your selections so far because you have picked almost all of my runners up. So good for you. However, I'm highly offended that no one has mentioned this movie that is my number one because really it is the only number one movie uh, musical. So I don't know why I haven't mentioned it. Unless, of course, it's your number one. I'll give Josh a pass because, well, he's Josh. Because it's me. (laughs) (laughs) The rest of you should have this as your number one. And that is Singing in the Rain. I'm singing in the rain. Just singing in the rain. What a glorious feeling. I'm happy again. I'm laughing at clouds so dark up above. The sun's in my heart and I'm ready for love. Best musical of all time. (laughs) Far, far, far better musical than La La Land. (laughs) Simply trying to recreate the magic and failed. Singing in the Rain is the original masterpiece. There you go. Great pick. Great pick, yes. even though you directly Have you attacked seen me. Singing in the rain? Have you seen <laughs> I love Singing in the Rain. Right. That's one of my favorite movies ever, yes. But, you know, I stand by my opinions. Oh, my gosh. I hope so it's fair. number one then. It's not. Uh, Chris. <laughs> yeah. What is, your, what is your number one movie musical? All right, I'm going to jump the shark, everybody. You ready? We're always Here ready. We go. Les Mis, do it. There are no, I completely there are no rules. forgot about Les Mis, to be honest. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, You're going to say Transformers I, Dark of the Moon, aren't you? Oh yes, gosh. Dark Side of the Moon. Isn't that a song? It's the dark side of... Um, so, uh, no, for me, it's not a movie. It is the stage play Les Miserables. You uh, can't do that. Talked, you, you literally can't do Chris. this. You we talked about this. We said best musicals. Uh, and so I immediately went no, there, and I am. Musicals. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Movie. The best musical of all time is Les Miserables, and that is what I'm, that is going to be. I'm telling you all on the Screeners podcast. I'm moving outside of our medium, and I'm saying if you haven't seen Les Mis on the stage, you should go see it because it's amazing. That's my final answer, and I broke the show. Thank you. Can Can I tell you guys a secret? <laughs> I went to London in college and saw yeah. it. Saw Les Mis there. So did and we- and I just fell asleep. Just oh my gosh! Okay. And yet, La La Land is one of your favorite movies. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, you see, my ability is taking a nosedive. Yeah, oh, just really stop is. talking. And wait, let me hurt myself one more time. Oh. I love the movie. Love okay. it. Ow! <laughs> love that. There is nothing wrong Josh with loving Melody that movie. That movie's fine. No, Josh Miller and I saw that in the same place, right? London. Yeah. Um, and. Hey, I think we all cried, right? All of us cried. It's so it good. It was magical. I do not so remember. I've seen it at least like six times. And it mm. is the best musical of all time. But it's not a movie, so you fail. Save yourself and say you love the, what is it, the 1977 version? Just go, no. do that. No. Yeah, they don't no. even sing in that. Happen. If I can't uh, have that, I would say actually it's probably the Wizard of Oz. If you want, if you're gonna push me okay, for number so that's one, that's your number one. That, that, that yeah. would be my number. One. Except that. <laughs> All right, Chad, Chad you're up. The movie was fine. Chad, what is your number one movie musical? Uh, it's a Kia Sorento. Because why not? I can just be anything I want it to be. 
Kia Sorento. <laughs> I mean, you know. Because it plays music? Yeah, it can is play music the... in oh, it. There you it go. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. A Kia Sorento is your number one. If you feel comfortable with that, I feel pretty and you good want about to say it. it. I feel pretty right, good, good about it. All right, that's no. fantastic. Then it's all you. It's all you. <laughs> My number one movie musical of all time is, in fact, a movie. And it is Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. There is no life I know to compare with your imagination living there. You'll be free if you truly I absolutely adore this movie. And just, I mean, this movie is loaded. You've got The Candyman, Cheer Up Charlie, Golden Ticket, Pure Imagination, The Oompa Loompa Song, I Want It Now. I mean, it's just loaded with iconic music, and it will forever be Gene Wilder, one of probably my favorite performance of his career, and will forever be my favorite movie musical. I absolutely adore it. All right, so my number one is possibly my favorite film of all time. Uh, I, I grew up watching this movie all the time. I've seen it well over a hundred times. I love the movie so much. It's so catchy. You have the, the one song stuck in your head for days and days. And that is that thing you do. Man, I forgot. Yeah, I that's love that movie so Good much. Tom Hanks, so much. That's a good pick. Okay, that's a good pick. I'll accept that. So not quite a musical, but you know, you guys. At least it's a movie. The rest that's of them true. were. So anyway, that's fair. All right, so we will move on to honorable mentions. Uh, I, I know I have like a dozen on here. Josh, what are your honorable mentions? I forgot we did honorable mentions, so I'm going to have to say Les Mis and uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> You better Great say pick. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. Willy Wonka. Great picks. Melody? I have so many, you guys. But, I yeah. okay, my top runners-up are Mary Poppins, which we've mentioned, Once, which we've mentioned, uh, Aladdin, which was actually my number three, but then it got bumped for Oklahoma because I felt like Rodgers and Hammerstein needed to be represented. So, But also, a couple that we haven't mentioned, well, Sound of Music, that's another Rodgers and Hammerstein, and... None of you should be surprised by this. One of my all-time favorites, the one and only genuine original family band. <laughs> yes, Clearly great movie, good, great for you. wonderful film, good for you. And I'm glad that some of you have been able. That to totally see exists because of my. <laughs> I was, I was, I was forced life. to watch that movie. <laughs> all right, all right, Chris, this is my best runners up. Chris, yeah, I mean, your honorable mentions. Most of them have already been mentioned. Um, you know, Sound of Music, um, Once, and then uh, just recently, I really love this one, guys. I gave it my number two slot of last year. But Moana, I really like the music in that, uh, and uh, you know, it's it's a great it's a great musical. So those are my uh, those are my picks. Yeah. All right, and Chad. 
My honorable mentions were, I had Once, for sure. I had Annie, the 1982 version of Annie with Carol Burnett. I love that. And then I yeah, also had uh, The Little Mermaid, because I love the music in The Little Mermaid. And for me, it's 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 great. Oh, guys, I'm so sorry. I did I did forget one of my favorite musicals of all time. I apologize. I, I don't know why I didn't make it into my top three. But uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, The Secret Lord. of the Ooze. I knew that was uh, coming. Is... <laughs> So Why are you good. talking? I don't understand. Go ninja, go ninja, go, go. Come on, come on. Vanilla ice rapping. Go okay. ninja go. Chris is no longer allowed to play this game until <laughs> no, he can terrible. Yeah, this is terrible. It's so good. So for my honorable mentions, uh, I did have Singing in the Rain on there. Amazing movie. Sweeney Todd, I like a good amount. Uh, and Les Mis is great. Willy Wonka. Uh, pretty much any Disney movie from the 90s. I started writing like all of them, and I realized I should just say all all of them. And then also John Carney, the, the director of Once. I love all of his movies. Begin Again and Sing Street uh, are fantastic movies. So yeah, so those are our honorable mentions. And that was our top three movie musicals. Let us know what we forgot. Let us know which movies are your favorite musicals because I'm sure we forgot tons of them. So uh, and and definitely throw in that that Chris just ruined the game as well. Yes, that's what I do. Please terrible. bring the hate. You're listening to the Screeners podcast. That'll do it for one more episode of the Screeners. Look, we know we spent a lot of time bashing Beauty and the Beast this episode. So if you would like to join us in bashing Beauty and the Beast, please head on over to Facebook and leave a comment on our post. If you would like to praise the movie, I'm sure we will have a response for that as well. We know we haven't said this lately, but it would really help us out if you'd head on over to iTunes. And if you're not already subscribed to the podcast there, go ahead and click subscribe. And if you are, go ahead and leave us a rating, a review. Anything would boost our social currency. And join us next time when we will be talking about... Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell. And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.